Good day and welcome to the Energy Policy Now podcast from the Kleiman Center for Energy Policy at the University of Pennsylvania. I'm Andy Stone. The electricity industry is taking advantage of network communications technologies to become more efficient and reliable. But as information technology becomes interwoven into the electricity system, the industry has also become more vulnerable to cyber attack. In recent years, hackers have gained access to utility customer information and to energy control systems and may ultimately threaten to disrupt power delivery itself. Today's guest is at the forefront of efforts to address the power grid's vulnerabilities. Gladys Brown is chairman of the Pennsylvania Public Utility Commission, where she recently established a new role dedicated to addressing cyber risk. She is also head of the National Association of Regulatory Utility Commissioners Critical Infrastructure Committee, a forum where state utility commissioners examine risks and share best practices. Chairman Brown will talk about cyber risks and actions being taken at state and national levels to address these risks. Chairman Brown, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Andy. Okay, so thanks again for stopping by to appear on the podcast today. I thought we'd start out, just wanted to ask about the PUC itself, its role in Pennsylvania, and more specifically related to security and resilience. Thank you very much, first of all, for the invitation to be here uh, for this podcast. We think in Pennsylvania that we have a great story to tell, so I'm happy to be here and talk just about our agency and what we do. Pennsylvania, of course, covers a whole host of entities that we regulate, including the normal water, natural gas, electric, telephone, but we also regulate the transportation areas such as your taxi cabs and your Uber and Lyfts, as well as rail safety and things of that nature. So we, we have a lot of things to talk about and concerns that would impact any of those entities as it relates to cybersecurity or physical security. Uh, we in our state statutorily have a requirement, which I think most of the commissions would have, and that's providing for safe, reliable service. And included in that is to make sure that any of the utilities and their infrastructure provides for that as it as it relates to physical security and cybersecurity. We in Pennsylvania have developed out of that statute regulations that would require our utilities to, on an annual basis, provide self-certify that they have a cybersecurity plan in place. It also lays out the procedures that they would have to follow if there was some type of cyber attack in terms of informing us, the time period of informing us how to do that, first being by a telephone call and then following up within a 24-hour period with written notification. So you've been at the PUC since 2013, and you're in your second term now as commissioner. Uh, what changes have you seen in a security uh, landscape in your time at the PUC, and what are the most important issues specifically that you're focusing on right now? I've seen the focus at the commission change a little bit more to focus more on cybersecurity. As at, before I even came on the commission, I saw the commission working a lot on physical security. You know, from 9-11, 2001, that was the concern. I think that was the focus generally with all the commissions. And that is actually how the Nehru Critical Infrastructure Committee came about. It came about as a task force, and they, from that they decided that they would, wanted to make that a standing committee focusing on security of the nation's infrastructure. And with that, they developed into the conversation and discussion as you saw more and more attempts or attacks in terms of cybersecurity, and you saw the focus develop also in Pennsylvania. One of our former commissioners, Pam Whitmer, was in charge in the mid-2000s, starting out with focusing on cybersecurity for Pennsylvania. And as I came on 
the commission, um, they started to talk more and more about how to develop it internally, looking at internally what we do, any protections and measures, because we as a commission cannot go out there and require that our utilities have cybersecurity plans in place and that we internally do not. So with her assistance in that, once her term was over, I then took over and focusing on cybersecurity for the commissioners uh, at our commission. And that's how I saw the focus change from not just physical security, but also including cybersecurity in the mix. So what threats have we seen specifically in Pennsylvania? Well, I can say, thankfully, that we have not seen any major threats. Uh, we, or we have not seen any attacks. Any of our utilities would come in and say to us that there are attempts every day in terms of trying to get access to their system and things of that nature, but they're able to thwart it. So that's very good. We also internally see in our system attempts in terms of attacks on our system. So we're very happy to say that we have not seen any major attacks. Nothing on the level of the Metcalf incident in California a few years ago. No, nothing. And and then when we have seen some minor ones, our utilities have been on top of it from the beginning. Even though it has not even reached a level where it would be considered a major attack, they have informed us of it. They have worked with our state fusion center through our state police and informed them of that information as well. So we're very happy as we've worked out the model, you know, practices and procedures that they should follow. But we were grateful that we have not had a major attack. Well, it's really great to have you on the show, again, because you're a, a state regulator as well as you work at the national level, as I mentioned at the beginning. You also head the uh, NARUC's Critical Infrastructure Committee, uh, and that's a forum for state utility commissioners to examine industry best practices and possible solutions to challenges. Tell us about the focus uh, of collaboration at that level between the state and between NARUC and your work there. NARUC has been a, a source of information resource for all the state commissions that are part of it as members. As I stated earlier, that committee really started as a task force after 9-11 in 2001, looking at what commissions can do to protect or require that the utilities that they regulate protect their physical infrastructure against any type of cyber attacks and things, uh, any type of physical threats uh, or terroristic attacks. And it has evolved into cybersecurity. With that, the the organization, NARUC, has developed different pamphlets, publications for the utility commissions. Our most recent one was from January 2017 in terms of cybersecurity and providing the resources and giving them information of who they can reach out to. I can tell you that many of the states are in different areas in terms of their focus and how much they should focus on cybersecurity because we as the economic regulator have to make sure that we balance in terms of the cost recovery for all that. But I still think that NARUC provides a great resource for them and all the states I know through my conversations, not only on the regional level, but the national level, have been very grateful for all the things that NARUC has been doing. And we're moving, NARUC is moving into updating that most recent publication in terms of cybersecurity and hope to have something out next year. We're also working on a cyber manual uh, with staff in terms of identifying different things, best practices that states could use. We're also, we've also put on our website, the committee has put on the website, uh, information that each of the individual states are doing. Because you can tell, I can tell, depending on the size of the commission, uh, how they may follow a practice of another commission that may be similar in size. And that also uh, 
bodes well for them because they can take those intermediate steps Mm -hmm. because they're trying to figure out what's best for them. As I stated also, Pennsylvania is still a state that only requires, and I won't say only, we require certification annually that our our utilities have a plan in place. There are many other states that are in the same place, but as they watch what other states are doing, such as Pennsylvania, we do have a new cybersecurity expert that we hired. He's probably been on the job about a month. They're looking at what we have done, but through before we even got to the point where we were hiring someone, we took advantage of all the different resources out there by the federal partners, Department of Human Service, Department of Homeland Security, Department of of, of FERC, using FERC, and, and things of that nature, because those are resources that are available to us, not at a cost to the consumer. And so it, it, it also makes it easy for us to interact, and, and we can show the taxpayers in our state that we're not using a lot of tax dollars, but we're using it very wisely. And so you can see more and more states that are doing that, reaching out to the federal agencies to be able to have that information and avail- available to them. So NARUG provides that partnership, that resources that they can have access to as well. Well, it's interesting that Homeland Security is very much involved with this as, as well, right? Yes, I mean, uh, Grid security is now a national security issue. Correct. Uh, With Homeland Security, as we've had more and more interaction and discussion with them in my position with NARUC, they know that it's important to have those relationships, those partnerships with the utility commissions around the country because they are the ones that regulate the utilities. They are the ones that have those relationships and and can provide them some direction and, and connection with that because it's all interdependent upon each other working together. So it's not anyone being in their own separate silos to be able to do this because when an incident does occur, we know that the partnerships need to be in place before it occurs so that we can work quickly to try to eradicate it. Makes good sense. Now, the cyber and physical security have become much bigger issues, at least publicly, and a part of the larger national conversation around grid resiliency. Can you tell us how the issues of security and resiliency have become interconnected? That has, as, as I've taken over Uh, focusing more and more on cybersecurity, that truly has been the major issue in terms of resiliency. How quickly could we get the the grid back up and working? If there were some type of cyber attack, how do we, we put something in place? And with that discussion, because most of the time or or Prior to more focused discussion on cybersecurity and resiliency, it's always the, the standard has always been reliability, your everyday reliability in terms of the system. Now we're talking about resiliency, which the focus before was resiliency as related to larger weather-related outages. So states, especially those states that are more prone to weather-related hurricanes and things of that nature, they have put all the efforts into play in terms of making or requiring the utilities to harden their systems, their infrastructure to make sure resiliency is there. And now as we talk about it in terms of cybersecurity, there is that discussion. You're trying to figure out the connection as it relates to cybersecurity. You're trying to figure it out in terms of moving forward with different technology. We've noticed, to give you an example of that, we've noticed in Pennsylvania as we, as our larger electric distribution companies have rolled out their uh, smart meters, that they have been very uh, vital in the resiliency discussion Mm -hmm. and part of that, which we did not expect, the General Assembly did not expect that 
when they were putting the requirement statutorily in place for smart meters, and that was in 2008. So to be able to identify when you have an outage, where the outage is quickly, uh, and be able to go around it by the use of those smart meters has been very important. So resiliency is, is definitely part of the conversation and the discussion, and all states are trying to figure out where to go with it. And, and that's a national conversation as well. Pipeline security has risen as a concern for the electricity industry. As pipelines feed gas generators, gas that they need in real time, how big of a concern is this interconnectedness? I can't give you a degree in terms of how big the concern is, but I, as I stated, everything is so interconnected. Everything is in the interdependencies that we see in terms of the utility sector that would include natural gas pipelines. And you hear the discussion, the conversation, as it has developed not only regionally, because we know that in Pennsylvania we have a lot of natural gas and access to it and the different pipelines that are running across our state. But we also know that as a state that has a lot lot of natural gas, we see more and more natural gas generation uh, for the electricity, for, for our EDCs. And with that, of course, there's going to be concern as, as, as generation has moved more and more to be natural gas generation, there's going to be, going to be the concern that if, if there are not the protections there, whether it's physical or cybersecurity, that would also impact the industry. As you've mentioned, Pennsylvania has become a major source of, of natural gas, and it's in the midst of a large build out of its pipeline network to deliver that gas. How might... Uh, these security concerns be taken into account as the network expands? Well, we've always focused in terms of the physical security, and, and we continue to, as a state in Pennsylvania, we continue to have the oversight to bring those companies in to say, what are you doing? Make sure you're doing it correctly. The reason for hiring a cybersecurity expert because we have our emergency preparedness staff in place. They've been working well, part of the auditing of these different companies. But we needed someone who also could speak the terminology in terms of cybersecurity. And that's why we as a state decided to bring someone in-house full-time with us so that when we are auditing our different utilities that we regulate, we know what they're talking about. We want to make sure that they're following the different standards that are really uh, federal standards that most of the entities follow. So it's part of the discussion, uh, making sure that everything is in place, not just on physical security, but also increasing that to cybersecurity as well. So cybersecurity is is a new part of that process. New part of the process. Now, you, you have seen, just to add on to that, you have seen different states that have uh, increased their requirements. I think New Jersey, I, I know New Jersey has also changed their requirements through regulation in the last two years, I think. Specifically related to pipelines? Specifically related to cybersecurity, okay. mm-hmm. which would include you know, all of the utilities, including natural gas. We have not yet, just in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. We still have the requirement of self-certification, but we're internally looking at, do we need to do anything else? Or, or most of our companies that come in are, are following the federal standards anyway, so, which is a high standard, which is good. So as I said before, every state is different. So another key concern is the growth of the smart grid and distributed resources. These make the grid more flexible, can improve resilience, but they also provide new points of entry for cyber attack. How are the states and the federal government through FERC and NERC, et cetera, cooperating to address these issues? 
You're absolutely right in terms of uh, providing for new points of entry. As I stated in a, a panel that I did on NARUG this summer, it is great with all this new technology with the smart grid and smart cities and things of that nature, but it's definitely new points of entry, which we have to make sure that we're on top of, which our utilities have to make sure we're on top of. We see the different standards that are required by the North American Electric Reliability Corporation. And we also know that FERC has put out some additional requirements that they are looking at as well, which would be very helpful to the, to the power system, to the grid. Um, once again, we just have to continue to make sure as as things develop, as technology develops, we have to make sure that all of those things are addressed. Okay. Are there specific policy options that are being examined right now at the national level to, to manage cyber issues? Big discussion. Yes, definitely a big discussion with the different federal agencies that I was talking about earlier, with the Homeland Security, with, with uh, DOE, with FERC all of those different federal agencies, and we have some other federal, federal agencies as well, uh, including, well, they're not agencies, but including different policies from the Electric Sector Infrastructure Sharing and Analysis Center, or the EISAC. You also have under, like, the water industry, which people might not think that it's important, but it is very important, because any type of cyber attack that impacts the electric industry, everything is connected into it. So you will not be able, probably if there was a major cyber attack, you might not be able to have access to your water or access to sewer and things of that nature. So all the different utilities have to make sure that they're looking at all this. We have the Electricity Subsector Coordinating Council is working on a cyber manual assistance uh, task force. As I stated with the water industry, they have created a cybersecurity guidance and tool that people can look at. Oil and natural gas, of course, in terms of sharing that information. And then also Department of Energy has created the Electric Sector Cybersecurity Capabilities and Maturity Manual. So, so everybody's, a, everybody's going at it right now. Everyone is working on a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And it First, to be honest, when I looked at it, everyone seems to be working on a lot of things, and I hope we're all working together. But now I see that effort where we are starting to work together. As I stated before, Department of Homeland Security was saying, we need to have those those relationships with the state utilities. We can't just assume different things. We need to be working with them, and, and I see that partnership coming together. So uh, every two years... NERC holds a grid X exercise, uh, and that's a national simulated cyber attack exercise. And have the PUC and utilities learned? What have they learned from this experience? Well, I know that our staff in Pennsylvania has participated in the grid X, and I know that NARUG, uh, our, the previous chair of the Critical Infrastructure Committee, Rick Morose, who was out of New Jersey, participated in the GridX. I remember last year he participated and I took over his panel at Nehru because it was happening at the same time. So we always want to make sure that we have that participation, especially with Nehru, because they are that agency or that that entity that can provide their members, which are the state commissions, all that information. Not every single commission is going to be able to participate in the GridX or all the different tabletops that you see out there. 
But if they have a source of information, which NARUG is that source, and they provide it on their website and things of that nature. So they have learned a lot of things. I know that our staff that have gone have learned a lot of things in terms of the protections that could be put in place and also the tabletop that can be run. So in Pennsylvania, our first big tabletop was entitled, it was in June of 2016, and it was, we called it our Black Sky event. And we had all of our state agencies, which was unusual. Uh, the governor supported it. We had, of course, the federal agencies that were there. But we also had the non-governmental entities that you mm-hmm. think of, Red Cross, things of that nature. Hmm. And we invited the municipal uh, utilities that we do not regulate. We also invite uh, Rural Electric, which are co-ops. We don't regulate as well. The reason behind that is our tabletop was a regional tabletop. Mm-hmm. So if something were to happen, it's not just going to be those entities that we regulate. It's going to impact also the municipal ones. We're, if it's going to be a regional impact, it's going to be an emergency that would have to be declared by the governor. So it's important to include all of those state agencies as well as the state agencies that you would not normally think of. And it was interesting the the confusion or the concern that was started out at the beginning of that process. It was a whole day process. We had about 130 people that were in the room, including all the heads of the utilities, the bigger utilities in our state. And out of that, we created a Black Sky Steering Committee. With that, we meet at least twice a year. And when I say we, we have all of our utilities once again. We have our state agencies and our federal partners to be able to identify how we would move forward. When we're talking about a cyber attack, we don't have the notice that you would have with some type of Mm weather-related event. So it's important to have something in place beforehand. All the little details that you might not think of because they're not identical to a weather-related event. So we're working on all those different type of, of, of practices, best practices to put in place. And things like the GRIDX have been very helpful in our planning as well. Let me ask you one final question, if I may. So FERC has issued a number of orders this year to tighten grid security. For example, uh, one fairly recent uh, that uh, asks utilities to expand their reporting of cyber incidents. Some within the industry, however, have stated that the industry can handle this without intervention from the federal government, from FERC specifically in in this case. What's your view on that? I understand normally that people don't like change, so I do understand that. And with that, in terms of the reporting requirements, um, some people may think of it as as more burdensome, and they they don't necessarily like it. I do know that FERC worked with us as a state in terms of providing their resources, sat down for two days, two full days, and talked to our staff and talked about some of the concerns they might have with us as a state agency because we interact so much with utilities. Uh, I thought it was very helpful. And I I also believe, I'm going to give a shout-out to Rob Powson, who was a FERC commissioner for a year. And during that time where where they were making those changes, and he came from Pennsylvania, And he was really pushing for us to be able to use the resources that FERC had available. And he was one of the ones that recommended that they come in and talk to our staff internally. So 
I, I, it may seem burdensome to some of the utilities, but I think it's important. I think we can't, you know, stick our head in the sand and, and bury our head in the sand and think that it's not going to happen because we don't know if it's going to happen. We know that there have been occasions where it has happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just hope it doesn't happen in our country or in our state. Chairman Brown, thank you very much for talking. Thank you very much. Today's guest has been Gladys Brown, chairman of the Pennsylvania Public Utility Commission. For more energy policy insights and information on upcoming events at the Climate Center, check out our website or subscribe to our Twitter feed at Climate Energy. Thanks for listening to Energy Policy Now. Have a great day.